Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. And I am not Marshall. I am Danny Kaminsky. Yes, yes. Filling in. Filling in for Marshall. Coming off the bench. Sixth man. But yeah, while Marshall was unable to shoot this week, he said he's going to probably post some content writing in, and you know, he's that good journalism student over there at Bradley, so definitely check that out, but for the time being, you're stuck with my brother, Danny Kaminsky. Uh, good to have you here, Dan. Good to be here. All right, we got a lot to talk about on this uh, eve of the yes. NFL playoffs coming up tomorrow, so obviously going to talk a big chunk of NFL, but... Surprising, we, we're going to start off with something we don't talk a whole lot about, the NBA regular season. Um, Chicago Bulls, to be more specific, and if you didn't catch the game last night, the Bulls, I, I can see why. It's the Bulls. Yeah, Bulls um, regular season, obviously. Bulls lost a tough one, 119-116, but you could describe it better than anyone because you were at the game last night. I was. First NBA game since 2007, and... Jeez, I guess it's uh, NBA regular season is a lot more exciting than I thought. Um, there's a couple interesting notes about this game leading up to it, because we have our segment each week, Bull Jive, everything wrong with the Bulls this week. And there was a lot. First, Jim Boylan yeah. benched a rookie 19-year-old first-round draft pick, Wendell Carter Jr., in a, loss, a, a home loss against the Magic earlier this week. Then, soon following after that, uh, Gar Pax and company decided to trade uh, one of their starters, Justin Holiday. And this was big news because Jim Boylan, since becoming the coach, he wanted to establish more of a winning culture. He was not about that tank thing. He wanted to prove he could win games. And he thought he could do so with Justin Holiday. So he played him a ton of minutes. He was uh, designing plays for him at the end of the game. He was chucking up a lot of really bad shots. He shot a lot of threes. And his three-point percentage was 40% in November, and it, it plummeted was, yeah. to below 20 uh, later in the year. Cigar so packs, actually, and I don't like the ownership there. I think they finally made a good decision. They're like, all right, well, we can't uh, tell you how to coach, but we can get rid of them. So they got two second-round draft picks overall with uh, two other bums that averaged like five points. And they released Cameron Payne, the G League point guard. And to me, this decision, in my opinion, came a little too late. If it, I think too late. Well, I mean, it I, happened. To be, I, w- I wish they would have done this after last season or even earlier on because you're trying to get these guys minutes. You can't have a guy who's Cameron Payne and Justin out. They're not. They're not going to be in the future. I agree. This team, you got to get these guys minutes. Now, why are we playing these guys knowing damn well they're not going to be here in the future? Right. The funny thing is, too, with Cameron Payne out of that, because he he was like a G League point guard. When he came over in his initial trade uh, from the Thunder, uh, they said they found out two practices in, he was not an NBA-level player. His first practice, like, oh, maybe he's just nervous with his new team. Second practice, like, oh, my God, this guy cannot play NBA basketball. And after he got released, he was actually happy to be released by the Bulls. He, like, basically tweeted after Woj uh, tweeted the report, like, thank God. So they move on from that mess. Tonight, second game of 2019. Interesting, because the starting five was basically... All players that could foresee that could be on the Bulls in the foreseeable future. They had Chris Dunn at point guard, uh, Zach Levine, uh, Chandler Hutchinson making his first start. He's filling in for Holiday after that trade. Laurie Markinen, which competes the big three they got from the Jimmy Butler trade, and then Wendell Carter Jr., their uh, their big man. They. Uh, uh, drafted in their first round pick. So it was really the first time all year they had five guys starting who were all like part of the foreseeable future for this team. So that was interesting. And then they were playing a very underrated Pacers team um, who's a three seed in the East. And they're they're sneaky good. They're on a six-game win streak. But yeah, let's talk about this th- th- this game. Uh, n- initial thoughts about what, what, what you saw there. Well, 
it, it was a game, in my opinion, they should have had, and they should have won. You know, they got off to a great start. The chemistry looked for, fantastic. They, they were at a 15-point lead uh, in the first quarter yeah. at one point. And r- really, the um, the starters played pretty well together. They all played a lot of minutes, the lowest one being Hutchinson only at 26. But you see guys like Markinen, 41, Levine with 34, Dunn with 40, and Carter with 42 minutes running it. So these guys are playing a lot more and a lot more together, which is good to see. And all, and all five of them... Aside from Hutchinson, scored played very well. And that's not Hutchinson's he, thing, scoring either. He's more exactly. of a defensive guy. I was yeah. very impressed by his defense. I'll, I'll yeah. talk about like what happened in this game. Uh, Levine got his hot early. He scored 17 uh, points in the first quarter, and Dunn continued, uh, continued to distribute assists. Uh, he had 11 assists to, um, through three quarters to five different players. Then uh, in the final quarter, uh, Levine took the Bulls' final seven attempts in the fourth quarter, including two three-pointers that sent the game to overtime. But before he could send it to overtime, Dunn connected on a, a triple um, to cut the deficit. They're down by six. He cut it to three with 26 seconds left. Then uh, Levine had to make another three. Then they had to foul. And uh, I believe it was Bojan, um, or Sabonis, Vic Sabonis they fouled. These are the free point, uh, three throw line. All he needed to do with it was about 14 seconds left was make two free throws. Then that would put him up by four and basically seal the game. He missed his first one, made his second. So then Holiday, or Holiday, Levine came down the other way and he knocked down a three with basically two seconds left in their face. It was a huge shot. That was a very clutch shot. And I rip on Levine and I would like to apologize. I call him an inefficient shooter who can't play defense, but man, he was feeling tonight. Still can't play defense, but that was a clutch shot. Then overtime, um,. Was uh, crazy. Markinen took over. He attempted uh, five of the Bulls' nine attempts. Uh, he scored seven of their eleven points. Uh, Dunn got in his in overtime too. He had a thundering dunk over Miles Toner. He came for the massage, but he got a facial on that one because Dunn is a much smaller than him. Uh, with one twelve to play, um, uh, Levine hit a uh, jumper. Then they were down by three again. Nine seconds left. Laurie Markinen, Laurie Legend, he knocks down a three. He cuts the he ties the game with nine seconds left, and then Victor Oladipo, bad man, spoiled all the fun. He basically had this lucky bank shot that went in with .3 seconds, deep, deep. So with .3, Bulls inbound. Levine has it in the corner. He chucks one up, and that goes in. It looks like we're going to double overtime, but unfortunately, Dan, upon the review. It uh, did not count. If he had one-tenth of a second more, that would have counted because it was close. It was just on the turn. But it was a wild finish, and the chemistry for these three, I think, was tremendous. What do you, what did you think about it? Well, to go back to the final, even looking back at the replay in real time, to me it looked like he got it off. Then you go back to the um, replay, obviously he didn't, but I think he might have even stepped out of bounds on that last yeah. play. So, I it mean, it's still... That's still it's still incredible. I know the Bulls posted all over their social media. He's like, I don't care. They're just like, I don't care. This didn't count. We're posting this anyway. It's like oh, it was right. an incredible yeah. shot. He, the the trio played, and that's like this is the headline for NBC Sports. Bulls trio puts it all together on promising night for the rebuild, and they really did. Dunn had how many how many assists did Dunn uh, have? Dunn, he had more assists than he did points the last or tonight. Um, Seventeen. 17, 17 assists, assist, and he still got his scoring-wise, but he's a pass-first fast pass first point guard. Definitely. Laurie yeah. had a very nice game. Yeah. Um, Levine finally starts showing some signs of, hey, 
this is uh, the piece you can build around from that Jimmy Butler trade. My biggest problem with him, like I said, he's a very inefficient shooter. Usually he'll chuck up a ton. He'll, he'll get his, like, 30, yeah. but then you'll be driving home from the arena, and you won't remember any of them because it'll be, like, garbage time, and he shoots so many. But tonight, they finally had it going. They were shooting a lot more threes, which I think you need in this NBA, and the defense looked a little better. And not to mention, this wasn't against some scrub team either. The Pacers are always overlooked, but they took the best player in the world, LeBron James, to seven games last year. And uh, Jeff Van Gundy uh, talking after this game, I was listening to him on the uh, Dan Lebitard show. This is before the game. It was in the afternoon. He was saying the Pacers are one of the better teams in the NBA that like kind of gets overlooked, and they kind of like it that way. But they, they're very good. They're like sneaky. And Victor Lodipo is like a super – he's a star that no one talks about. That man is tremendous. He had a lot of nice plays tonight. He had one left-handed dunk where he like crossed over. He had a bunch of big-time shots. So and when it's not all a depot, it's other guys stepping mm-hmm. up. You saw Bogdanovich in the playoffs last year, absolutely go. Oh up. yeah, Miles Turner, a guy who was cold last night, but he has been and he star caliber yeah he had season. a clutch three two in overtime yeah. big before Laurie hit his to tie it, it was Turner that hit him to put it up by three, and then Laurie had to hit a clutch shot just so Oladipo could win it, and Oladipo called it in the postgame, Miles Turner's the biggest shot in the game. Yeah, and even when it was the other guy coming off the bench, Sabonis, 23 points. So you get, they, they like to spread the bar. They truly play team basketball. It's something you don't really see much in the NBA anymore. They're deep, and they're ahead of the Celtics and the 76ers in the standings right now, which like a lot of people talk about is like, hey, they're the they're the contenders. No one talks about the Pacers. So this is a good uh, win for the Bulls. And honestly, before we move on, I think, especially if you're a Bulls fan wanting Zion, Victor Oladipo kind of helped you out there. But all long term, it was almost a perfect night for the Bulls. Because they came together as a team, they looked really good. The core three that they want to build around uh, played tremendous. Wendell had a sneaky nice game. It was a quiet night, uh, like uh, compared to the other ones. But he had a plus. To, he had ten plus points, a couple rebounds. He had a really nice block shot. And in the long run, they lost the game, so it kind of helps them. Because a win would have done more harm than good there. So now they're still in the race for Zion. They have ten wins right now. Lowest team in the leagues of the Cavs with eight. So they're right there for that race for Zion uh, in the bottom. So it was overall, it was a perfect night uh, result-wise. Unfortunately, this is the Bulls, and they will find some way to screw it up. Or we're not going to get enough losses, or we're going to get the number one pick. But we're just going to get the right amount of wins. We're we're not going to make the playoffs, but we're not going to get a good pick. I mean... It, it, it just happens every time with this team. Yeah. And so as much as I'd love to say, yeah, we're going to tank, we're going to do... Well, we tried that last year, and we, we can't even tank. or We can't even lose right, you know? And I'm not... I don't know about... How, how do you feel about... Like, if you're... As a Bulls fan, do you want us to tank for Zion, or would you rather try and see us win games? <sighs> to be honest, at this point, I just want to see them grow. I want them to win, you know? You can't... You can't say you want them to lose every night, but you want to see them. You want to see them develop. You want to see them win games. So you're at least saying, "Oh, they're figuring it out. They're starting to learn how to win a few games." And to be honest, just saying, where if you're if you want to lose games and go for Zion, you're gonna play guys like Felicio every night. Yeah, which and that's I not doing think, anyone any good. No, which I think. Paxson even said we got to get these guys out there now. We got to get them more minutes. Me- meaning they want to get Levine, Markinen, and Dunn a lot more minutes here. I, I I totally agree because in the end, no free agents are gonna want to come here. No, it's been uh, 
quite frankly, it's been a crap show of dysfunction these last couple years. There was reports when Jimmy Butler was here, they were spying on players. They had the mutiny in the locker room. They signed Jabari Parker, and that's a whole nother story. Finally, Jabari Parker played last night, too. Uh, he played his first minutes in uh, the Magic game the night before. Right. He had significant minutes last night, but that was like, the first time he's played after signing for $20 million. But no free agents are going to come here if they see like this, especially if you're establishing a losing culture. So I completely agree. I think you got to try to win games because when it comes time to win games, when you think you're ready to contend later down the road, these guys are going to need to learn how to like close out games like this. But I think tonight was positive first steps. They showed a lot of sign of growth. Um, and they, they played very well Um very well overall. I was very impressed. First basketball game in a while, and uh, damn, I guess, uh, I guess the NBA regular season is a little bit more exciting than I thought it was. Wow. Um, I guess you get lucky once in a while, yeah. but yeah. You were actually listening to, you, you heard the well, end, Chuck Swirsky's call on the yeah, radio. So, you said that was pretty funny. Yeah, listening. We, were, we were coming out of a movie, like, obviously I didn't go to the game, and I, like, Chuck, listen to Chuck Swirsky. It's in overtime, and all I can hear is like, oh, Adipo chucks it up. Oh, no, he banked it in. It was. It was. I'm like, oh, wow, we might actually have a chance of winning a game. Nope, it's the Bulls. We we don't have any chance because they're terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But But you know what? I think they owe it to the fans to, like, put a good product. Because they sold out again. They've led the NBA in attendance, I think, for, like, three straight years now. And they've been God, awful. And they still, pe- people come in every night. They gotta, I'd like to see them figure this thing out moving forward. But they showed some positive first steps. All right, moving on to sport. Uh, we had a big week in college football. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the regular season. It was the college football playoff and bowl season. We'll talk about the major ones first. Alabama uh, really kind of kicked the crap out of Oklahoma. The yeah. score made it look a little bit closer sure. than it was, but a lot of it was in garbage time, and you know they had to air Georgia it out. Georgia so. really didn't. Have, I mean, they they put Oklahoma. it within ele- or Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, yeah Kyler Murray. Um, Oklahoma, they they put it within eleven, I think, in like the third quarter. You just knew it. They they had no shot. I mean, Alabama, they got those points because Alabama was. Making stupid penalties. Saban was getting extremely yeah, pissed. Look. Oh yeah, he you broke his headset too. <laughs> I'm pissed he got. Yeah, when they were up by like twenty points. This guy's throwing his headset all over the place. But no, that we all saw that coming. And. Alabama, they that was easy road to the national championship. Yeah, the final score was 45-34, but like I said, it was a little bit closer than it actually was. First quarter was all Alabama, 21 nothing. Kyler Murray, though, and this Oklahoma team, I will give them credit. They didn't fold down. They kept fighting throughout the end of it. Um, Tua had a fantastic game, though, for Alabama. Four, uh, four touchdowns, 318 yards. Um, not a bad day rushing. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't great rushing. He had nine yards on five carries. But um, uh, Jacobs uh, for him, he had 98 yards. So they, they had a very balanced offense, and they did what Alabama does. And so no surprise there. They, they should be the favorites against Clemson, who in their game, another blowout. A lot of these college football playoff games throughout the history we've had yeah. them, there's only been two that have been really close. The Rose Bowl last year with Oklahoma, Georgia, and... Um, I think there's one with Ohio State Ohio that was pretty was, close. Yeah, yeah. The first year. So it, the, it, I think the, I believe it was against Alabama. It was, yeah, it blows my mind that people still want eight teams. Oh, this bull. Yeah, you you cannot tell me there are eight teams in the. There's going to be an eight seed that's going to beat 
the number one seed Alabama. You can't. It's just not going to happen. So just this, even like there's not eight good enough teams when your top four teams aren't even playing competitive games. Now don't get once they've gotten to the national championship, then the games have gotten pretty pretty good for the most part. I'd yeah. say, but. Other than that, I just think that the idea of an eighteen playoff oh, is just for is just sure. If you if you think stupid. after watching the bowl games in general that there should be eight teams, because let's look at the teams out of all the teams that would have been in an eighteen playoff, besides obviously um, Clemson and Alabama, only one other team in the top eight won their bowl game, and that was Ohio State, the team that was mm-hmm. fighting for the fifth seed. But if you look at UCF, who probably would have been there as an eight seed or something like that. They lost to they LSU, lost to LSU yeah. and that was the third best team in the SEC, exactly. and LSU got run out of the building at home by Alabama. So you really think UCF, that you should have been in there, give me a break. Michigan, Michigan another team that would have been in the crowd. They steamrolled by Alabama, and uh, I don't care if they had Florida. people sitting, or Flo- excuse me, Florida. What was the final score of that one? Oh, got like 41-15. It was it ridiculous. It was not even close. Um, Georgia, who was fighting for the fourth seed, they made an argument. They got, they got, they got embarrassed out, Texas out mauled. The score was a little bit closer, but mm. Texas, a Pac-12 team, who I make fun of for not having Big any de- Big 12, excuse me, Big 12 team, who I make fun of for like no defense in the Big 12. That's why Oklahoma's putting up all these numbers. Got, they got pushed around that quite frankly. By uh, Georgia. Well, even before the game, the mascot escaped the pennant. He was intimidating that little dog there. I don't know if you saw that video, but yeah, that basically was a foreshadowing of what was to come. Because Texas, Sam Ellinger and that Texas team, and Josh Herman did a nice job of uh, coaching too. But uh, Tom Herman, excuse me, um, they, they did a nice, great win for him. But like, yeah, like you said, no reason for an 18 playoff. I will say, I did think a lot of the bowl games this year were more exciting, and I do think it made. I think they made up a little bit for what was a really disappointing college season. Yeah. Bowl season's always fun. Utah, um, they uh, blew a lead to Northwestern. Uh, If we local team, before we continue with the uh, Clemson thing. But, yeah, um, they were down 21-3, I believe, at halftime. 28 unanswered points. And they scored 28 unanswered points in the third. Pat Fitzgerald did a nice job with that team. Uh, sent out Clayton Thorston and the seniors in style. Uh, style Clayton Thorston, Wheaton North alum. So shout out Wheaton North. But yeah, th- that was a great win for the uh, Big Ten West champs. Um, also, uh, another interesting bowl game, Red Box Bowl, which we talked about a couple weeks ago in our uh, segment, uh, bowl game or bowl crap. They didn't yeah, believe the Red Box Bowl was an actual thing, but um, it rivaled the Cheez It Bowl as the worst best bowl game of the year. Oregon won 7-6, and this was supposed to be a game with Justin Herbert, who announced he was returning, but he was going to be a top NFL prospect, and they only scored 7 points. Brian, Brian Lewerke, on the other hand, uh, for Michigan State, he looks like Sandra Bullock in the Red uh, Bird Box Challenge. I don't know if you've seen this hit in the internet, oh, like man. blindfolded. He looked like he was running that offense blindfolded. Lewer- they had a chance to kick a field goal to take the lead. He fumbled it, and then he had to try to throw it deep, and he got sacked. They had a horrible trick play. Oregon had a really bad fake punt. They almost gave the game away. And it wasn't even good defense in this one. It was just sputtering yeah, bad offense. If you are an aspiring young QB out there, I, I hope to God you did not watch this game. The QBs were absolutely atrocious. Uh, Lewerke, what what the hell was he doing? A 22 for 40 
and an interception. You can't throw the ball past and, 15 and the, yards. I could quarterback Michigan's offense. I'm, I'll, I'll look at that, and I'm better than that and guy. Even Herbert, this guy's a good thing he's not going to the NFL draft because he did not look like an NFL QB. Uh, 19 for 33, only 166 yards. What? The, the only touchdown in the game, but he, he did not. This is an audio. Yeah, go ahead. Finish your thing. They did not look. Herbert did not look like an NFL QB Here's the last au- week. Here's one of the first plays of the game, and this basically sums it up for you in a nutshell. For kickers. Lewerke drops the snap, trying to find it like a bar of soap, finally does and heaves it wildly. That one is intercepted. Yeah, there you go. And it was worse even on tape than it sounded yeah. there. He just picked it up blindly after he couldn't pick it up like the guy said. He, like, he kept slipping out of his hand and just chucked it blindly. Horrible. Well, let's get to the Clemson-Notre uh, Dame game. 30 to nothing, uh, 30 to 3, excuse me, Clemson and, man, Trevor Lawrence QB. That long blonde flow, he looked pretty good in that Trevor one. Trevor Lawrence looked fantastic. I mean, and this is a good Notre Dame defense. I mean, well, they were injured well, a few games, or a few. They had a few guys that got injured during this game, which killed them. But this is a team that's really not known for their offense as much as their defense. Their defense played out of their minds again. That that front, even what that front um. That front seven's absolutely unstoppable. To be fair, and I agree, but Notre Dame had shown signs that it wasn't as good as we thought it was. Um, their best win was the Michigan win. But near the end of the year, Northwestern was closer than it should have been. Pitt played them tough. They had a lot of like, uh, like questionable calls throughout the season, like kind of poking some holes um, in that defense. So I think it was actually pretty expected there. Now, mind you, I wouldn't have put any other team there because they finished undefeated and they beat Michigan. So, like, you can't put any other team there. But they weren't as good. Um, as, I, I think that 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 that's that was the upside of that, that team there um, comparatively. They, they, Clemson was just much more talented, uh, much, much more physical, faster on defense, and they had a competent offense, too, that could move the ball down field. I, I was shocked at this game. I thought it was going to be much closer than it was. Out of the two, I, I thought it would really, be close, but yeah. I really thought Notre Dame had a good en- good enough defense where their offense could like stay around for much longer, but their offense was just unexistent. I mean, I know it's club, but three points. That's yeah. So that's going to set up the stage. They're not going to get the job done. Sets up the stage for the national championship. Once again, Alabama versus Clemson. Early predictions before we move um, on. Who do you like in that one? I don't think it's going to be. I, I think you got to take Alabama in this one. A little, a little bit more talent, and there's no. I'm, I'm going to go Clemson because the last few times these teams have met, it is the number one seed has not won. I like. That is Cle- true. I, I I think Clemson. Their defense stood up. Very well. Now, obviously, they're going to be facing a much better QB than they did last week. But I think Lawrence. Oh wait, who's a better QB? Oh, 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 Clemson. Okay, I thought you were talking about Alabama. Fit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So two is gonna two is a whole different game. Whole other animal. Yeah. So I, 
I think Clemson and they've got and their offense impressed me a lot. Like Lauren, he, it was really, the, really, really the first time I saw him. Then I saw Lawrence actually play, and he looked good. Like three touchdowns, over three, almost three hundred and thirty yards passing, no interceptions. He looked amazing. I, I can see it going either way. I can see it going the total opposite. I can see Alabama blowing them out. Don't get me wrong, but just because the recent track record, I like Clemson in this one. I, I gotta go with Alabama. Lawrence is good, but he's no Deshaun Watson. He's not that excited. I, I hope I'm wrong. I do think it will be close, but I think it got to ride with Alabama. Two is one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in college football history, quite frankly. And Alabama, or Nick Saban's never had this good of a quarterback. The defense is still fantastic. I think it got to ride with uh, Alabama on that one, especially now that he's being healthy. And fun note for that one, too. Tua has over 400 family members attending this game. 400. Wow, 400. His dad has uh his they dad's one of family members. Well, yeah, his dad's one of nine children in his family and then his mom I think is like one of 10 in her. It's ridiculous. Oh, but yeah, man. he's got 400 family members attending. So they're going to have his own basically fan section. But yeah, so moving on now finally from the unpaid um, foot athletes yeah. to the professionals on the eve of the NFL playoffs. Um that's basically let's get our predictions in for it. We'll start uh two games uh Going on tomorrow, we got the Cowboys and Seahawks, and this should be a good one. Who, who do you like in this? Well, which game are we starting? We start Cowboys, Seahawks. Cowboys, Seahawks. You know, I know a lot of people, they like the Cowboys at home. They, they're they tough at home. They're getting Zeke back. They're going to have a much better run game, but... I like I like the veteran in this one. I like Russell Wilson to get the win on the road. I just think he's got more experience in these playoff games, and I I think he's more consistent. I don't like Dak's track record of he's not his consistency's been a little off this year. I think Amari Cooper's been a little colder as of late, and to be honest, their defense last game did not. In, Press me very much. I don't. The Giants have some weapons, but it, a team trying to gain momentum going into the playoffs. I don't think the Cowboys played well enough, and Russell Wilson is. Dak had four touchdowns. They played well, fine. They were I'm, resting I'm people. Well, they were resting a lot of people. I understand, but if you, it, it definitely was a game where they they should have put it away, like early. Well, they won. I, they won the game. I'm talking about building that, momentum. But, yeah, but come on, they're giving them you know, thirty-five points to the Giants. And, Go ahead. Yeah. And I just I think Russell Wilson is as hot as any QB in the league right now, and I like I like the Seahawks. I like Pete Carroll in this one. I usually and I like Russell Wilson, and usually the rule of thumb for these games like this, you take whoever the better quarterback is. Whichever team has the best, better quarterback, that's usually who you take. But I think personnel-wise, at home, I'm going to have to go with the Cowboys on that one. This is the mother of my one. No, this is going to be my exception for that rule. Um, I think Dak, while he's been inconsistent and not great this year, he does get better as the game goes along. Fourth quarter, he's been pretty good this year for this team. Amari Cooper's added a huge boost to this offense. they got a better running game with Zeke. 
their defense has got so it's so much. They got so many more. Uh, they, they got a lot of depth on that team. Uh, much more than the Seahawks do. They got the tackling Dutchman, uh, Leighton Vander Esch. They got that other run, uh, linebacker Smith. They got uh, Sean Lee still, the old veteran. They got Gregory up on that front. That front seven is full of a bunch of dudes. That defense is really good. As you saw against the Saints, they were a great tackling defense, and I think it's going to be too much. Not that the Seahawks have a lot of slouches on their defense, but it's basically Bobby Wagner and a lot of young kids. That so Frank Clark is 13 sacks this year. He's been- yeah. I'm still at home. I think the Cowboys win. And but for the Cowboys, though, this is Dak's biggest game of his career. He they really, especially with the contract coming up. So I think he's going to come out and have a, have a nice game. I think they beat Seattle um, and Pete Carroll. But Pete Carroll's done a nice job with this team, regardless of it. And it should be a very close game. This is this is one of the best wild card weekends matchup wise I think we've had in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So we're, we we we're disagreeing. I'm going Cowboys. You're going Seahawks. Yep. All right. Um, also, make sure uh, Marshall probably has his picks out. You can see what he takes. Um, that should be interesting. We'll see who's right. Usually it's me, though, so, you know, if you're betting, listen to Mitch. <laughs> if you want to lose money, that is. Um, next game tomorrow, Colts-Texans in Houston. This game is basically, it started off with the Texans as two-point favorites. People are betting on the Colts, though. The spread got bet down to one, so it's basically a pick 'em game here. One and a half right one, now. It's one and a half. Yeah. It went up to one and a half. It was one uh, last, last night. night. Yeah, uh, at one point. Um, now it, it is one and a half. Um, who do you like in this one? Texans at home against the Colts. Both of these teams, too, had horrible starts. Colts started one and five. Texans started 0 and three. So good story to see both of them in here. And again, I'm taking the road team. I like the Colts in this one again. I think Andrew Luck has had a fantastic year, and he's just been getting better as the year's gone on. And Houston, in my opinion, has kind of cooled off a little bit toward the end of the year. And they don't always have, not usually, it's not usually the biggest factor going into Houston. When oh, they don't have the greatest track record of home playoff games over recent years. I don't think home field advantage in that situation will make much of a deal. And especially because the Colts basically played a playoff game last week on the road. And this defense has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think sometimes Houston's been a little disappointing in terms of defense this year. And so I like Andrew Luck in this one. I also agree, and with my rule, like I was saying earlier, you take the better quarterback. And this is not a knock on Deshaun Watson because he isn't. Excellent quarterback. Uh, he can run. He can throw. He's been fantastic with DeAndre Hopkins there, one of the best receivers in the game, in my opinion. Um, they, they, that's they're dangerous. But Andrew Luck is a better quarterback in this game. He should be a he should be honestly in the MVP conversation as a front yeah. runner because can you name anyone outside of T. Y. Hilton on the Colts roster? I mean Marlon Mack, but anyone can you name anyone on that defense? Lawrence? Uh, no. Sorry, sorry. Exactly. Darius oh, Leonard. Darius. Uh, the no, pro boy, but you I can't name his name. Um, you can't name anyone on the offense. You no one knows. The average fan The average fan can't name more than four players on that offense. Uh, what Andrew Luck is working with, is that he's got T.Y. Hilton, who's a real guy, but Marlon Max is running back. 
Eric Ebron of Boston, Detroit, is at his tight end. He's got Chester Rogers as one of his receivers he's throwing to. So Marlon Marlon Mack's had a good year. It's been that line. Quentin Nelson and that line have been fantastic. Because they finally rebuilt, and he's finally had time to throw this year. But he's not working with a whole lot of pieces. Everyone has Mahomes as the frontrunner, but if you switch the two, Locke would be putting up the same numbers, if not more. And you can't tell me Mahomes with the Colts roster right now will be putting up the same type of numbers Luck has with this team. He had a stretch where he was throwing like three or more touchdowns, I think, for like seven straight games or something ridiculous. Or was it five? Yeah. Five? Oh, he had like three. He had a long streak of that. Um, and this defense is better than people think. They got Darius Leonard who leads the team in sacks. Their front seven's very young. Um, I think they can beat the Texans, who, like you said, their defense is really overblown. They got the big names. Like they're the opposite of the Colts, where like Colts have no big names in defense. Texans do with Clowney and JJ Watt, and they got the Honey Badger Matthew. But they've really not been that great to finish off the year. And I think Luck's going to be able to expose and I don't know that. How well they're going to be able to run the ball, Houston? Yeah. Is, Great point. Do you know if is Miller playing? I believe he is, but if not, even it's going to be Alfred Blue. Yeah. So Miller's coming off an injury. Even if he is ready to go, he's not going to be. I don't. I For doubt sure. he'll be a hundred percent. And Alfred Blue, I, I like Marlon Mack more than I do Alfred Blue. So I think, aside from the QB advantage, that I think they get a strong advantage in the run game. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, moving on. Uh, finally, this is going to be one of the better games. I think this could be as potentially be the best game this weekend. Um, rematch, uh, my Chargers Your team. Chargers. I totally no. See, here's the thing: if you've been listening to the podcast, which clearly you haven't, I have been on the Chargers bandwagon all year. I said before the season that this was the one of the best. They're going to be one of the better teams in the NFL, and I predicted they'd be in the AFC Championship. Well, Marshall said I was crazy. They're not that good. They're the third best team in the British division. These are the Broncos, Homer. And well, 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 what do you know? 11 wins, one of the better teams. They're playing a team that beat them, and he made sure to let me know about it. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Baltimore this time is at home um, uh, after going uh, they're beating the Browns to end the season. Um, so who do you like in this one? Ravens, Chargers, uh, Ravens at home in this one. Who do you like? I like the Ravens at home. I, I know this is going to be a rem- Obviously, they're going to have a better game plan for Lamar Jackson, but I think Baltimore's defense plays better when they're at home. I think they will have a much more – they had an advantage in L.A. They probably had more Baltimore fans there. They're gonna. It's gonna be even louder, and I think Lamar Jackson. He's been red hot right now, and I think it's going to be a very close game. I don't think it's gonna be anything. I don't think it's gonna be anything like two weeks ago when it was really dominated by the Ravens. And but I like. The Ravens in a close game, and Justin Tucker is going to win it. I got the Ravens winning by a by by a field goal. Okay, the well, the Ravens are favored by a three. So if you bet the Ravens, that'd be that'd be a good pick. Here's why the Chargers are going to win. Lamar Jackson has been playing well, and I give him a lot of credit. He's been doing better, doing with his uh, with his legs, and his pocket passing is a lot better than I thought. But the Chargers now. Have seen him once. They have seen this defense once. They have a whole week to game plan for it. They know what the, they know what to see now. He's the youngest quarterback to ever start a playoff game, and that usually does not bode well for him. 
Also, the road factor is not going to bother the Chargers because basically the Chargers, let's face it, they play 16 road games a year because that stadium, uh, that soccer field stadium, the StubHub Center, mostly no Chargers fans actually go to that because there's no such thing as Chargers fans in LA. It's mostly opposing people. So they say 16 road games a year, and if you look at their record, they are actually better on the road this season than they are at home. Now, um, also, I think Phillip Rivers, if you look at the two quarterbacks, better quarterback, more experience. This team is deeper. They got a lot of depth. They're finally getting healthy. Hunter Henry, I think, is coming back. Um, they, they got the, they got a much better running game. I, I like I like the Chargers in this one. It's going to be close. The Ravens have been hot, and that's a team no one wants to face, but the Chargers are going to get it done and take the victory in this if one. If Phillip Rivers plays well, I think they'll have a great chance of winning, but as of late, he has not been... That I think he was in a lot of people conversation for MVP this year. I think he kind of tailed off a bit towards the end. I think you could so, still have him in that. If it wasn't for Mahomes, obviously he can't. But if it wasn't for Mahomes and Breeze, I think he'd be one of the, he'd be up there with Luck is like one of the uh, one of the front runners. But um, yeah, I. And this is big for his legacy too, because he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, and he needs to update his Definitely playoff resume. He's only three and yeah. four in his career in the playoffs, but this is the time to do it. They've seen the Ravens once; they can game plan for them, and they're a much deeper team. And now the Ravens, like, have been playing as one of the hottest defenses in the NFL. They're one of the best scoring defense, but they are—they're just a team that's getting hot. The Bears have the best defense in the NFL, personnel-wise. The Ravens are just a team that's gotten hot at the right time. The Chargers are going to exploit that. It'll be a close game. Ravens are still a good football team, but uh, Chargers are going to win that one, in my opinion. Moving on, final game of Wild Card Weekend, and this is one that we've been looking forward to for 10 years. The last time the Chicago Bears were in a playoff game was 2010, where they lost to the Packers. Caleb Haney had to try to bring him back, and then B.J. Raji picked him off, and there's a fat guy touchdown and discount double-check commercials, and it was awful. But they are back. They're facing Nick Foles and the Eagles. St. Nick is back. He's got the birds in the playoffs. They basically had three playoff games the last couple weeks. They had to beat the uh, chart or the Rams in L.A., to stay alive. Then they had to beat the Texans to stay alive. Then they had to beat the Redskins to stay alive. They won all three. They needed a little help from the Bears. And then what do you know? They're going to try to repay them by knocking them out of the playoffs. They got the Bears in Soldier Field week one. Who do you like? Or wildcard weekend one. Who do you like? I like the Bears in this one. Obviously, I mean, being a Bears fan, I, I think the Bears are going to go all the way. But I like the Bears in one, but it is not going to be a blowout by any means. I think a lot of Bears fans especially are sugarcoating this game, thinking, oh, we'll, we'll be we'll an easy win against the Eagles. We'll go on to L.A. And then uh, my, you, you got to – this is this is going to be a tough game. And Nick Foles has been – I don't know what it is with Nick Foles. It's like playoff Rondo. It's playoff exactly. Foles. I don't know what, what it is what, what, what it is with Nick Foles when it comes playoff time, but he is – Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, he is a much better, for some reason, he has much better chemistry with Alshon Jeffrey, and unlike Wentz, because he's not as talented, he, like, runs the plays that are designed, uh, he doesn't have to, like, do his own thing, and I think he's got a little bit better chemistry, they're building shrines from in the locker room, like, he's got something that's working for him, so. The only thing that's gonna keep Philly from winning this game is they're not gonna be able to run the ball, in my opinion. Yeah, no, they don't have much of a running game to begin with, and the Bears have a great run they're- defense, Akeem Hicks. Bullard up front, Goldman, in the middle, and then Roquan Smith. That oof. 
We haven't even mentioned Khalil Mack. Yeah, on the outside for pass rushing. And that's the other thing, too. They got a good lineman in Lane Johnson over there, but, like, I don't know if you're the Eagles, if you double them and you sell out all on trying to stop Mack. But if you sell out on trying to stop Mack, then you still got Floyd who can beat you. You still got Hicks that can beat you. You still got, (laughs) there's a lot of guys in this defense that can beat you. Eddie Jackson's going to be back, and that's the ball-hawking secondary. In Chicago, amped up in the cold. It's going to be a tough task. I actually see it playing out a lot like the um, last year the, where they played the Falcons, um, yeah. uh, where it was like 15-17 uh, or whatever, very close game like that. I see like like that. Trubisky, the, the X factor here is going to be Trubisky because the Eagles' weakest part on that defense because we talk all about the Bears' defense, but let's not overlook the Eagles. They got some dudes. They got um, uh, Bennett, Long, Cox, um, <laughs> Nate Gary out of Nebraska is very yeah. good. They got some dudes, and a lot of those guys have been there before with experience. Um, Malcolm Jenkins in the secondary. They're so they're they they're not they, you can't overlook them. But the one weakness on this defense is their secondary um, overall because uh, they've been banged up this year. And I don't know if Trubisky in his first playoff game is going to be able to exploit it, especially with all of his receivers banged up. Robinson's coming off an injury. He's going to try to play in. Uh, Gabriel got banged up last week. Miller dislocated his shoulder. Don't know if he'll be playing. So I don't know if he's going to be able to exploit Yeah, that. but I think a lot of people are ruling Mitch out in this game. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And I do think he's going to play a lot better than he has been. Let's be real. He didn't even put last two weeks, he didn't play bad. He made some. The game against San Francisco, he made some bad mistakes, but especially the game last week. Didn't, maybe he didn't have the numbers, but he made the throws he needed yeah. to. And. He if, did. if he if he plays like that, that's that could be all they need. He just needs to be a game manager. He doesn't have to win the game. He just has to be a game manager. You know what? Run the ball. Throw a fat guy touchdown, and then throw the ball accurate downfield. Sometimes that that's the strategy. For it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Bears win, but it's going to be narrowly. That's the biggest point spread. They're favored by five. I don't think they beat the spread, but I do think it, uh, they do win. But that one will be close. So let's recap really quickly. Uh, Cowboys, Seahawks. You're taking the who are you taking? You're taking Seahawks. I'm taking the, Seahawks. I'm taking the Cowboys uh, for then. Um, uh, Texans, uh, Texan Colts. I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts. All right, well. we agree on that one. Chargers, Ravens. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Ravens. And then Bears, Eagles. We are we both, both taking, taking the Bears. Bears. Yeah. So there you go. Split down the middle. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but yeah, this should be good. Finally, last topic of the day. We're going to well, talk about Antonio Brown and the Steelers. Oh, go ahead. What were well, we going to say? I know you guys like to do a who's hot, who's not segment but so that was one of the things I went this this team is ugh who the Steelers, Steelers. yeah, Steelers. yeah so that's how we're going to how we're going to finish this team is not oh yeah. man well this week you can only uh, describe it as a reality TV show Antonio Brown apparently got mad from reports Big Ben made him run around in practice he wanted him to run it again Antonio Brown didn't like that for some reason he thought he was getting shown up he stormed out of practice, threw a ball at Roethlisberger, and basically threw a temper tantrum in the locker room. Now, there's also reports that Juju Smith-Schuster was voted team MVP, and Brown felt underappreciated because he's some diva wide receiver. Oh. Yeah, that didn't sit well with him. 
He didn't show up to any of the other practices at the facility. Then he showed up on Sunday expecting to play. Tomlin finally put his foot down and said, you're not playing. So that was a whole situation. Then he had a post he had a postseason press conference after they were eliminated from the playoffs. They still beat the Bengals, but that was a must-win game. So it kind of would have been nice to have your best receiver there. In the post-game press conference, he was uh, with James Harrison, and he was doing his own little interview with him, kind of undermining the coach. Um, he wouldn't mind getting traded. This, so now they're shopping him. What do you think on this whole situation? Go ahead. It, it, they, in my opinion, you got to let him go, Antonio Brown, because More this, trouble than he's worth. This, this is not going to get any better. And if... If you allow, if you keep Antonio Brown, sure, he's one of the best receivers in the league. But this this culture is going to continue to happen, and really, in my opinion, it's all but the coaches to blame for this. I mean, they've allowed so many players over these past few years to do what they're doing. You see what Le'Veon Bell's doing. He had a great offensive line, and he's had a couple great seasons, and he. And now his ego is taking over. And to be honest, that that whole move this year with him could blow up right in his face. Yeah. Well, it'll be it interesting could. to see. It, it's it, been one story. And Marshall talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The Steelers have no one but themselves to blame for this whole no. thing. When you're losing to the uh, the Broncos, and you're losing to the Browns. Now, this thing's going to happen, and they've just been... It's sad, too, because they have Super Bowl talent on this team. They do. And it's just one dysfunction after another. Roethlisberger's calling out teammates and receiver divas, you know, fighting, and then holdouts. It's been one yeah, circus after ex- another. And it's been a whole... This has been Antonio Brown this whole year. You saw his um, he's a hundred mile an hour speeding ticket, yeah. running away from cops. This whole year has just been one, one big soap opera after another. And I just think the Pittsburgh Steelers they need to do something right now, or else this isn't gonna end anytime soon. I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, crazy game. Uh, or a cra- crazy season, I should say, for them. Bulls crazy game tonight. Should be a lot of crazy games in the playoffs. Hopefully the college football national championship's a good game. Um, but, yeah, that's all we got for you this week. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. Dan, nice job filling in for Marshall. Luckily for you listeners, Marshall will be back. I'm sure you're all thrilled about that. <laughs> But no, no, nice job. Thank you for filling in. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you next week. We should have some stuff. Make sure to check 